Should we do it? Let's do it. episode what money money part two money 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 must be funny the off five podcast oh the off five podcast i know that one it's the off five and it's a great podcast it's the best office podcast not hosted by two people that were on the office and it's not our (laughs) fault we tried that's our new tagline (laughs) yeah we change it pretty often yeah we do my name's nathan I'm Addie. Weren't on The Office. We are on The Off Five, and we're continuing our coverage of season four uh, with episode four, part two, The Money, or Money. Uh, You remember what happened in this episode? A lot of beats happened. Yeah. It's the one with Shroot Farms. We won't go through the whole thing, the the Shroot Airbnb thing. (laughs) It's more than a B&B. That's true. Agritourism, and then also Michael's running out of money, hence the name of the episode, Money money and we're doing only one segment well a couple segments in this episode if you want to listen to the rest of it go back um or go forward because we're going to talk more so i think we let off on do you think the world is crawling with phyllis is our segment where we talk about each character in excruciating detail sometimes yeah sometimes we just gloss over mostly glossy first up we have ryan Ryan, how's my favorite branch doing? How, yeah. Uh, what's what's his last name? Howard. Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, how's my favorite branch doing? Howard, as we call him. <laughs> yeah, he's there to train everyone on PowerPoint. PowerPoint, and he's drinking a Red Bull first thing in the morning. Sometimes you just got to ride the bull. You know what I mean? He might already be doing coke. Yeah, he's, he's only had Red Bull though. Yeah, he's only had about what. A month or two in, in New York City, and he's already kind of pushing people's buttons, showing people who's boss. He's kind of bossing Him. Michael Scott around. Yeah, he's the, he's the new boss. Well, he is the town. boss. <laughs> yeah. That's true. He's He's got a little half beard, and, and he's coming in. But remember when Creed said, sometimes you just got to ride the bull? And then do you think that's when Ryan found out about Red Bull from that old man? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, so he gets to get on to Michael in this one because Michael, you know, screws up the presentation. Yeah. And it's because of his other job interfering with this job. Yeah. You know, I think Ryan did a good job here where he tells him he has to quit the other job or he's fired. He's like, that's only if it interferes with my current job. It already has. Which he has a point yeah, there. It's true. And then he's also being dragged into Kelly and Daryl's relationship. Yeah. What a romantic triangle that he doesn't want to be in. Yeah, but he kind of likes it, and so does Kelly. And so does Daryl. They all love it. Actually, Daryl doesn't like it. No, Daryl does not. He doesn't like the drama. I don't know if you know this, but Daryl is um, my favorite character on The Office. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> just re- just remembered it right now out loud. <laughs> um, which brings us to Kelly. So, yeah, Kelly and Daryl, let's just tackle them together like Ryan would, <laughs> were he so inclined. Daryl was invited to Ryan's meeting, and he was invited by Kelly. So um, they can make out in the back row. <laughs> the cool kids. <laughs> and this is when we see Pam's reaction that we talked about earlier. But Kelly has 
never really been with a guy who doesn't play games. And so when she says, you have to choose me or your daughter, (laughs) she's expecting him to at least take a beat. (laughs) Yeah, my daughter. But she should realize that family comes first. She should. So what do you think? And also, he said, I have my daughter that, you know, tonight, like like he was going to just be like, never mind. Yeah. But I got to date this this coworker. Do you think that Daryl is being he seems to like Kelly or he says that anyway? I feel like his communication relationship style would not work well with Kelly and it's not working well with Kelly. But, you know. You got to be a little bit into the games, I think, to date her. And what do you think he's doing putting up with that? I think he is under the radar into the games. Like his game is exactly what Kelly said, which is to just be completely honest. And um, it's kind of like a like it is definitely a play, you know. Well, now he's so excited when Ryan comes in because it means Kelly's going (laughs) to knack him. (laughs) When that little dude walks through the door. (laughs) Little dude you know one thing i love is so ryan gets to tell him off kind of he's like why is why is daryl here worse in the warehouse this is an information you need and then as daryl's leaving they're staring at each other but ryan totally backs down like he's looking up at him and then he just goes to looking straight down right yeah and that so kind of he's intimidated that even like prompts him i think to be more um aggressive towards michael because he had mm-hmm. just lost that like <laughs> stare down that's how it works. You take it out on the next person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the pecking order. So when Kelly pushes Daryl's stuff on the floor and, uh, you know, his papers in his office, and then Daryl says, that was cold, Kelly does a, a series of signs towards him. Did you catch those? Yeah, it was like something about cutting his neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What it was is whatever, you know, when you put your hands up in the oh, shape of a yeah. W. Yeah. Loser, the shape of an <laughs> L on her forehead. Well, the hits start coming in the, and then a cutthroat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Whatever, loser, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that I was know cool. she was fluent in uh, late 90s sign language. <laughs> oh, man. That song has actually been stuck in my head. Hey, now. What song? You're an again. Whatever, loser, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. Who else well, we got? Let's talk about Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. What is he doing? Um, he's playing with his band tonight. And it's important that you come because the <laughs> bar uses an applause meter. So you need to clap for only his band, Scrantonicity, too. It's not Scrantonicity. What happened with Scrantonicity? I don't know because, he, you know, they were like really good friends. They played their weddings, everyone's wedding except for Kevin's because maybe the other band wants to only be married people and since stacy left you know well one of my favorite moments with kevin is actually one of my favorite moments of the episode and it kind of includes everyone it is when there's this dispute over whoever versus whomever (laughs) and it's like it's gold it is gold and um kevin's um addition to that a little exchange is Oh, well, I don't like any of you because you no one came to see my band. I know, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I forgot to mention Kelly's, um, you know, they're talking about whomever it's used in the case of when there's an object of the sentence. And 
Kelly says, well, Ryan, use me as an object. <laughs> That's my favorite. I don't know if you, I've probably said that 10 times on this podcast <laughs> already. <laughs> like, Ryan used me as an object. Yeah. It's just so but, good. Yeah. Kevin doesn't know, but he also is the person that Michael goes to for gambling um, help. Yeah. That was a good call, except for maybe it wasn't because doesn't Kevin lose a pretty big hand later on? Or no, he lost in casino night. Well, but this is like gambling on boxing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, it it is good. Like, I mean, that's one of Kevin's, you know, not that many character traits being in a band and gambling. So they both came up. <laughs> so Nice. And talking slowly and weirdly. Yeah, that's true. Because that's a totally different voice than the actor uses in his real life. <laughs> Hopefully. I'm Brian Baumgartner. <laughs> No, that's not how he talks. <laughs> I've seen him in other things. <laughs> it's actually really, really off-putting when he's like just talking normal because you're like, what? yeah, so so boring, boring. <laughs> and then we've got Oscar, who plays a very big role in this episode. Yeah, especially when he corrects everyone about whomever, and when he puts together a PowerPoint. No, he doesn't uh, correct everyone. He says, "I know it's a real word, but I don't know how to use it." And then Michael says, "Not a native speaker." <laughs> <laughs> let me not would know that part. the only people that knew were pam and toby that's cute in your whole office that's kind of wild i mean i guess it makes sense though because a lot of people that know how to use those correctly learned it from the office and they didn't have the benefit of that yeah that's true and Cree just thinks it's a made-up word to trick students <laughs> oh my god kelly said that ryan used her as an object but she's using daryl as an indirect object which oh, is the correct usage of the word. She totally is. She just wants to be making out with Daryl or whomever. <laughs> Wait, wouldn't it be whoever? That's what you think. And and that's what I don't know. It's just it's tricking me. No, it would be whomever. Making out with it would be Kelly's make Kelly's the subject making out with the direct object. Whomever be the object. Yeah. And yeah. and making um ryan the indirect object jealous well because she i think she makes daryl the indirect object but then daryl likes to be direct he doesn't play games oh no are we looking too far into this no never we never do okay good <laughs> i was hoping not is meredith in this episode who knows i didn't write anything down next to her name or stanley either oh uh stanley oh, gets called at yeah. home yes we already talked, we already about, talked that. about that yeah the last thing in the world I want to hear is the voice of Michael Scott. When I sit down with my glass of red wine, watching my mysteries, I really want to know what mysteries he's talking about. Uh, I'm guessing Law and Order. Is that mysteries? Murder, she wrote? Or no. SVU. Yeah. Oh, special victims. Yeah, never mind. Maybe Stanley wouldn't be into that. Okay, Toby. Toby's not really in this episode either, except for that little whomever, whoever exchange. Yeah, him and a Pam, soulmates, apparently. They could there. use correct grammar all day long. Toby. 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 Oh, whomever's name is Toby. <laughs> Shut up, or nobody asked you, or something like that. <laughs> no, it's stick a letter opener in your skull. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot. Yes, that is what it was. <laughs> That's harsh. That's a little harsh. I think. Especially For, to say in front of your new supervisor. I'm your boss. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's talk about Andy. Okay. 
Andy's really trying to get it in. He's trying to swoop. Swoop. Um, eh, Should we just talk about Andy and Angela at the same time? Yeah. Okay. So Andy uses the same cat that Dwight used. <laughs> yep. Garbage the cat. It's all about presentation. It is. And Andy did a pretty good job of it. Um, I did think it was a little inappropriate when Andy went up to Pam's desk and said, I'm like, what did he say about Angela? Like, I'm laying awake thinking about Angela's smoking hot body or something like that. (laughs) And Pam, gross. Yeah. Not from a male's perspective. Did you think that was gross? Well, as a male, I guess I didn't, but as a person, I did. (laughs) Smoking hot (laughs) body. Um, And he's moonwalked past accounting like five times. Can't believe that didn't work. I can't believe singing that uh, acapella song didn't work in the other episode. That's what really should have (laughs) worked. Yeah. Or like the ukulele. I love how Pam says she's kind of religious. He's trying to convince them not to be together because Dwight's standing right behind her. Oh, that was really sensitive. Cute. Yeah. Pam says she's pretty religious and he says, Well, I come from a line of wasps so far back it leads to Moses. <laughs> I never really knew what wasp was. I, I always hear people say waspy and I kind of know what that means, but I didn't know what like the real definition was. Did you know? Yeah, white Aryan what's S straight? Presbyterian. Oh. Oh, it's a acronym. I didn't yeah. know I'm stupid. White Anglo Saxon Protestant. Oh, okay. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant, yeah. A member of the dominant American upper class culture. It's also any insect in the order Hymenoptera and suborder Apocrita that is neither a bee nor an ant. Wow, not a bee <laughs> nor an ant. Why would you think it was an ant? <laughs> I get the bee comparison. Well, anyway, it's also not a bat, <laughs> idiot. Um <laughs> But we have a we have a thing outside the house that catches wasps, um, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. It's just full of them. What is it? A Bernie Sanders sign? Oh, uh, well, it's dripping with nectar, though. <laughs> um. Okay, so Daryl. Oh wait, no. Where were we? Well, so we're talking about Angela and Andy. But oh yeah. yeah. You said that she bring he brings her garbage, which he finds at Vance Refrigeration. It looks like it's the warehouse, and then says that. The cat came to find her and they were destined to be together. It's all about presentation. Instead yeah, of throwing totally. her a cat and being like, this is garbage. He eats garbage. He's <laughs> your cat now. <laughs> but that's what Angela likes about Dwight is that he's very practical, you know, or like no nonsense. You know what she doesn't like about him? What? Killing her cat. Sprinkles. That's yeah. Sprinkles. <laughs> yeah. That's but true. it's the same two sides of the same coin. You can't have one side of the coin without the other side of the coin. So if you have a person that's practical, they're going to kill your cat. Yeah, because cats are not right? practical. Um, well, well, it eats it ate a whole family of raccoons or something. Well, you know what she also doesn't like? Andy's smoking hot bod. <laughs> no, nothing fancy or foreign. No bars, no patios, no vegetables, no seafood. <laughs> She's vegetarian. She doesn't eat vegetables. I know, right? And also... I know she loves beet salads. I've seen her eat it many times. I know. And, like, so basically nothing fancy. So she doesn't want anything, like, that you have to dress up at. Nothing foreign. So she wants American. No mm-hmm. bars. But not a bar. So no Applebee's or chilies. No chilies. No Applebee's. She's... No patios. Like, 
Does Who she patios? Does she just not want to sit on the patio, or does she just like doesn't even want it at the establishment? I don't know. And no vegetables, though. No vegetables no on the menu, or just like in her dish. I think she's just setting them up for failure, like she does throughout their relationship. <laughs> That's a good point. Because <laughs> she ends up like having a whole bunch of demands later during their wedding that she also doesn't believe. She's just like throwing them out there to hopefully make him go away, but she doesn't have the strength to actually make him go away. Yeah. It's like how to lose a guy in 10 days. Exactly like that movie. Hey, I was on a podcast called how to lose a guy in 10 <laughs> podcasts or 10 something, 10 episodes, how to lose a guy in 10 episodes. And my wife, Brianna and I did the last part of it. And I've never seen that movie either. <laughs> it, only took, our episode. it only took you one podcast to lose you. Yeah. Well, not bad. To lose the listener right now. Um, yeah. Well, the other thing is there's a scene where Angela is getting her stuff back from Dwight out of the trunk of his car and he's reading it back to her like I'm guessing like they do in prison because it's how the beginning of Blues Brothers is where it's like one this this one sleeping cardigan one sleep apnea mask and then she asks for her cherub her ch- oh yeah that's right ch- cherub cherub hard yeah CH. you cherub. know what a cherub is I didn't yeah. know you didn't well no it's a baby. Are you gonna make fun of me for not knowing things? <laughs> I don't know a lot of things. <laughs> Wasp or cherub? Wasp or cherub? You... No thing. What the hell? <laughs> I just walk around in a cloud of words, and I'm like, I've heard them before. I'm sure, they mean something. <laughs> cherub. And you know what the worst part is? Is that you're a speech therapist? I am a speech cherubist. <laughs> So, well, I, I looked it up, but you already know. So why don't you just tell us from memory off the top of your head since you know Mrs. Dictionary what, <laughs> what cherub is. It's Mrs. Dictionary. Um, it's, oh. A, a cherub is a baby angel. <laughs> it's a winged angelic being described in biblical tradition as attending on God. <laughs> and uh, kind of creepy. Doesn't say that, but it is. <laughs> um, so it's basically a little statue. It's like made out of stone or something, right? Yeah. AKA a cherub rock. It's Wanna a- go for a run. <laughs> you know that song by Smashing Pumpkins? <laughs> okay, now here's something I don't know. I always fight all my rage. I'm still just oh, a cherub yeah. and I'm something. still I think just that's a cherub rat, rock. I think that's rat in a cage. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why that song's called Cherub Rock, but is it? maybe it isn't. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But but anyway, that's what Dwight is is moaning over lately. Ugh weird right? it's a weird noise it's like he's holding it and going it's definitely Let's like talk about dwight it's definitely like a that's how he cries because i've heard him cry before mm-hmm. right it's like a song of a whale yeah it's like when dory speaks mm-hmm. whale and finding nemo yeah exactly it's like that um yeah i think he's sad uh, that's what I got from the moaning. No, but what I was thinking, so we're talking about Dwight now. Mm-hmm. The reason he started this Airbnb, right? It's not a coincidence. Yeah. He doesn't want to be alone. Oh, yeah. Cause it like, does normally he, seem like he just started it. He did. And like, normally he would have been at Angela's place maybe, or she would have been there, but either way, he wouldn't have been doing a, a, a agro-tourism business at that time. So it's like, it's, uh, something to distract him when he's at home. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And he knows the community. I mean, he's got, you know, the asparagus farm to, mm-hmm. you know, so. The stock in. 
Yeah, the stock in cutest little asparagus farm you ever did see. <laughs> what is that joke? Is that is that because everyone's pee smelled bad? I don't quite get it. What joke? Stock in? Well, you know, he says that a couple bad reviews on there and you might as well shut your doors. That's what happened to the stock in. And I feel like the fact that it was an asparagus farm was something to do with why it had closed. But I'm not able to place why exactly that joke would work. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I... I just pulled up TripAdvisor, and it's Stock In's top competitor is... Oh, I'm so glad you did this. Shroot. Uh, let's see. I think they made a big mistake. Oh, this is a review of Shroot Farms, and it's called Stock's, Stock In's top competitor. So the other... Th- um, so Dwight also, one of the sweetest moments is, you know, he's getting really heartbroken by Andy pursuing and then successfully getting a date with angela that when jim comes to comfort him you know Mm -hmm. that's when you can actually see like what the crying looks like you know oh right but then when jim gives him the speech he reaches out to grab him i know that's so cute that's really cute but so it is between jim and dwight i mean we can't have them making up this early or making out this early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jim is actually not the biggest character in this episode. Yeah. He does have a few good one-liners and looks towards the camera, but that's really all that he does. Besides give Pam a nice kiss. Mm-hmm. A nice kiss and getting to have cute time with her. Yeah. At farms. And like having a good attitude about it. Making jokes like saying one in six. What was that? Uh, I thought you asked what are chances of getting killed tonight I did yeah. picture some manure just less <laughs> just less yeah well, so after he talks to Dwight that's also when he confirms that he's in love with Pam as if we didn't already know yeah we knew that a long time ago Jim pretty much the first day you met her mm-hmm. so yeah when he does his like Italian food thing but Pam on the other hand is pretty much leading the the agritourism plot she's the one that books it without asking jim she makes the best puns yeah she she really is and that's kind of out of character for her Mm -hmm. i think it's nice because it shows that pam is more proactive when she's with somebody that's like loving and supportive she's not like she doesn't just go back to to being really passive and being unhappy she like makes her own fun and everything too yeah and Jim's like a really good sport about all that. But it, I think they made a point of kind of like she's just booking it without asking him and stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that, too. It's like it's a good date, even though it was. I mean, I think it's just like makes it better that it was funny. And the thing is, good trips, you know, trips that are really good <laughs> go smoothly. There's not really a lot to remember from them. They're not really that funny. It's just like, well, we went and it was nice and relaxing. Everything worked out fine. Yeah. Usually, even on a good trip, it's like the weird and bad things you remember better. So, in the moment, they seem more off-putting, but but really, they're like what brings people together more is like yeah, totally. Like having those unique experiences together. Mm-hmm. And like I've been camping so many times in my life, but the camping trips I still remember from college are the ones where like we didn't bring a tent and it was a thunderstorm and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, like those really bad ones are the ones that I can still remember. All the good ones kind of just blur together as like, it was nice being there, but yeah. they're not a good memory. They're, they were like a good experience. The ones that were 
bad experiences were better memories. And now I can't have the experiences. I only have the memories. So, oh, yeah. Like the time that I forgot to bring a um, wine bottle opener. And so I had to spend like, and you know, when you're camping, you do have the time. So I spent like four (laughs) hours trying to get this wine bottle open. And that was the best wine I've ever tasted. But you got it open? Yeah, with like a spoon, a knife, and a shoe. I've I tried we tried to push it in. This happened to me once too. And we ended up breaking the top off and pouring it through a coffee filter. <laughs> <laughs> to get all the glass all right. to get the glass yeah. out. Oh my gosh. It's those glass shards. That's yeah. badass. Okay. <laughs> um we're at Michael now. Oh, can we talk about Jan first and then Michael, or should we talk about them at the same time? Well, I did just have one thing about Jan, and it's actually about Michael. <laughs> so okay, we'll assume at the same time. Yeah. So Jan shows up. She's like pushing Michael to spend all this money on on different things, and then she's so shocked when he's bankrupt. For example, she's wanting them to redecorate the entire house, and. There's a funny moment when, she, when Michael says, well, they go with your eyes, the curtains. <laughs> and Jan is like, uh, no, he says, I've been told I have pretty eyes, but I don't hear that as much about you. So we should get the ones that go with my eyes. <laughs> That's right. It costs what it costs. And she doesn't <laughs> learn this lesson, by the way, about the money, because later on she's painting plate things from white to eggshell white. Or maybe she did it before, but... No, I think you're right. It's later on. She's got Michael's credit cards and is spending them. So, you know, you can't not be involved financially with somebody and then have their credit cards. Like, Michael is not a good sugar daddy. I know, but Nathan, it's rude and unsexual to talk about money. That's true. We should keep our money problems from the ladies. Yeah, totally. Women. Yeah. Um, But there's a couple other things about Jan that I had. Go for it. Her clear contempt for Ryan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He calls up and she's like, put him through. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Just taking over um, Michael's. Like, she doesn't even work there. If some if, you know, I was at my job and my partner came in and said, oh, we'll talk to him. (laughs) Like, what? No. Well, your partner didn't used to be the the job, the boss of the job you have now. (laughs) That's actually. Yeah, that's true. It's a little awkward for her, but she's into yoga, but and, and drunk driving. I have. Yeah, she totally is into drunk driving more than yoga. <laughs> Apparently, I just um, did it. She's okay. having a hard time. Yeah, and she's like, she gets out of the car that she just drove and says, "You have to drive." I had too much wine. <laughs> like she realized <laughs> it on the way there. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, funny, oh, okay." <laughs> I like when Michael says she poses when Oscar says Jan is smart. <laughs> But then as soon as he starts telling her the BS thing, Jan's just like, you're broke. <laughs> Obviously, she gets it immediately. <laughs> it's like, like, uh, no, uh, no lemonade stand analogy needed. <laughs> she poses. <laughs> That's yeah, that is really funny. Underestimating. Although she isn't really that smart. <laughs> well, they have a nice moment at the end, too, I guess. Jan and Michael. Yeah. Oh, when Michael says. It looks cute, though, about her breasts. Yeah, don't re- don't return your implants. Question, is there any money in returning breast implants? I would doubt it. You put them on Facebook Marketplace? <laughs> They'll probably ah! fit. <laughs> <laughs> it 
It looks cute though. But Jan's nipples aren't as sensitive now. Oh. Oh my god. But she god. really does appreciate. Yeah. You can put implants. You can sell implants. Oh. Hmm. You know, when I was younger, I only associated silicon with breast implants. Now, now it's like everything. Like oven mitts and spray dry spray lubricant for tools and stuff, not sex. Um <laughs> it's just like all kinds of things, silicon. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. The world is full of crazy things. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That was a good a good observation. <laughs> I love when Michael says um, to his boss at the call center, "These meetings are useless because it's like, <laughs> yeah, but they're actually he's actually giving you information on like your meetings or you don't do anything." <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Michael in the second job and how he kind of acts there because he, I feel like the whole point they're trying to make is that Michael was promoted too high. Yeah. He does work a lot better in this this environment where he's able to kind of be funny and doesn't have the responsibility. Yeah, although he does kind of like frustrate Vikram, I think, because he doesn't really make a sale and he does say some like offensive things to Vikram. Yeah. And um, yeah, he just hasn't made a sale yet. So I don't know. He, you know, you think that he's like this great salesman, but. I don't know. I do think he's pretty dedicated. Like he doesn't want to quit, you know, when he goes in, when he goes in there to tell him like, you know, that he's going to quit. He is really regretting it. Have have we talked about the Peter principle before? No. What's that? The Peter principles, uh, an older observation. That's basically whenever people are doing a good job, they get promoted. Yeah. And so when they stop getting promoted is when they're not doing a good job. And so the Peter principle is that the tendency for in most organizational hierarchies, every employee is promoted to the level of the hierarchy. Oh, oh the level of incompetence. Right. Basically, you get promoted until you're bad at your job so that everyone, in, almost everyone in the corporation is bad at their job because that's when they stopped getting promoted. Oh, that makes so much sense. And that's kind of what happened with Michael. So he can't go up to corporate because he's he's capped out, but he was a really good salesman. He won like salesman of the year, but now he's stuck at being a bad boss. I think we have talked about this, but just not in these terms. But I do agree with that. I think that like just because you're in a supervisory position doesn't mean that you should that that is more important or should be paid more than somebody who's doing the work like in quotations worker be work you know because that is what makes the organization run there's like a stigma involved in just being like whatever just being a salesman or whatever um when in fact like you said it's a different skill set yeah and some people are really good at that but basically michael in this context is being more funny he's not a good salesperson for some reason but you know he's he's i guess the big contrast is composed compared to improv where he said he's going to be that in improv they all lied about going to a separate obligation so that they wouldn't have to hang out with him but his coworkers at this job were like oh come hang out with us have a drink with us you're you should review movies you know yeah yeah that's cool but they just started working with him so they have no idea <laughs> that's true and plus michael really doesn't need to worry about money because eventually he's going to be on a yacht with his comedy albums so obviously he did um, pretty well for himself yeah lord rupert everton that guy the fancy dogs he did amazing 
Who's that? Lord Rupert Everton? Yeah. That's the name Michael wants to have when he goes into the witness protection program. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to be a shipping merchant who raises fancy dogs, even though those are two different, you know, jobs. Maybe Maybe raising dogs is his hobby. Oh, no. Oh, that's really good. I'm going to be an airline pilot that raises fancy children. There's a a beer called Lord Rupert Everton. (laughs) I saw a beer at the store the other day called Freak Gasoline Fight Accident. What is that from? Oh, uh, Zoolander. Oh, my God. Zoolander, yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what he would have been back home. Chief of surgery, probably. Or a cowboy. (laughs) That's that's so... Yeah, I love that he's this cowboy after. Because it's like just saying that he would have been like the job above Vikram. I know. It is so offensive. And Vikram... It goes beyond like the the first part is like... Yeah, he glares and then lets it go. Because the first part is like ignorant but the second part is like what are you i guess i'd be better than you whatever you are (laughs) yeah and michael doesn't even see it that way he doesn't even get the the uh phrase i wonder what i'd be back home like he doesn't get that (laughs) right right He, he makes it it makes it seem like because a person that was a doctor is now working as a telemarketer that that in india basically having a really good job must be like a really highly educated job must be super easy. Yeah. I mean, this is but another there's example. There's all kinds of economical things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's another example of blaming it on the individual versus the system. And obviously the system is failing when you've got, you know, people not working in the, the skill, you know, with their skill set. So, well, yeah. Or that you can come to America and make apparently more money than you could doing that job there. But like, They've also got another guy in the warehouse who was a surgeon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> Daryl loves that guy. So who does I that? love that guy. <laughs> we all do. Last thing I wanted to say about Jim, even though we already talked about him, is just, <laughs> do you think that Jim is now able to be sympathetic towards Dwight and show compassion because he has had all of his needs met? Like he's happy now? that he's not like acting out and br- more broadly, do you think that all of his pranks towards Dwight? Cause most of them really mean ones have already passed. Do you think that that was a frustration thing? Yeah. And I think that up until then, like maybe Jim hadn't seen like the human side of Dwight, you know, you really get to know someone when you enter their world, especially if it's a beat farm. And oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So like when you, see like that he's been hurting and i also think pam has something to do with it because pam is the one who's sensitive to the breakup and so i think that you know jim is just seeing another side of dwight but yeah i do also think it is because he has what he has wanted which is love i mean they do both do that that prank last time with the computer because of the same way but this is like the original crew of writers that have been basically evolving these characters, you know? Yeah. So now that Jim and Dwight are kind of coming together, it feels really natural. Later on, when a lot of the writers have left and other people are coming back, I think they come back to like, oh, you know, Jim does pranks on Dwight each episode, so let's do some of those. But it's not necessarily following the consistency of how they were not getting as mean, you know? Like they were developing a relationship over time. But then you get like new writers and they're like, oh, just write another mean prank that he does. That's what he does. 
You know yeah. what I mean? So it's more like basing it on the earlier seasons, even though the characters should have evolved past that by now. Yeah. And then you're right. You're right. And like, I feel like the, um, like, for example, even Dwight does mean pranks to Jim. And like, it's not kind of like within the character. Like, remember like that? Like the snowman prank? Yeah, the snowman. Like, that was just not <laughs> called for. No. And so hard. Yeah. Jim does the hard pranks. He's the one that comes in early to prank. That seems crazy. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work for, yeah, just to be mean. What else you got? Should we do the Finer Things Club with the things that we love in this episode that we haven't mentioned so far? The biggest thing I liked was the whomever, and I already talked about that. (laughs) I love that at the telemarketing place, this is 2007, how old the computers are there. Oh my gosh, yeah. I worked at a telesurvey place in 2005 or 2006 as part of the university, like doing political surveys and stuff like that, like a nonprofit. And we had those super duper old computers then. Oh, you <laughs> it did? It was pretty funny. Yeah. They were like hooked into these auto dialers and it was it was like not that easy to just make it digital. But but like those computers, you couldn't even close the program it was on without doing commands. Oh, so it must have been like a, a thing that call centers had. Well, and then, yeah, call centers. And then also I worked at a market research place and we would do these data entries for these um, for these like movies and stuff like that. And for to do that, we had to run DOS. We had to download programs to run DOS on our computers. And this was just in 2000. uh, I don't know. 15. That's crazy. (laughs) It was all it was because it's just like really simple programs with data entry. So I appreciated that, but it's it's pretty funny to see still. I think like simplifying it sometimes is better, especially for data. We've also got, yeah, we've also got uh, Michael closing his trench coat in the car door when he's leaving his second job and not noticing. <laughs> I'm not even sure if that was in the show or if, you know, Steve Carell just did that, but they drive off and it's sticking out the bottom. Well, it's funny. <laughs> quite you, a bit. You mentioned trench coats um, before and I didn't notice that. So, yeah, okay. I. I don't know which one of those I noticed first, but it was kind of at the same time. I am better than you have ever been or ever will be. (laughs) That's a bold statement. It's nice because it's right after he was just having a breakdown. And Jim usually sees Dwight as pretty, you know, in control of his emotions and he was losing it. And then he goes and gives him a pet talk. And even though when Dwight comes back, he doesn't acknowledge it at all. The fact that he's able to put himself back into his work lets Jim know that it did help. Even though... He's not acknowledging it. If he came back and was been like, Jim, you're a good friend. That would have been too much for someone like Dwight. Yeah, totally. It would have. It's that's still like within their dynamic. Um, There was the I declare bankruptcy line from Michael, which I always love. Yeah. And Oscar has to be the one that comes in and says, hey, uh, you know that. And he's like, I didn't just say it. I declared it. (laughs) It's yeah. It's funny because. Oscar was there when Creed was telling him to do it and was saying, <laughs> disagreeing with all of that, too. <laughs> I love how but Oscar always of- comes in when it has to do with, like, finances. He's like, um, actually. Speaking of Oscars, one detail I also loved, last one, is the six Dundies on display at Shroot Farms. Oh, yeah. I know. That was so cute. I did notice that. TMI, but still. But still. Wait, TMI, why? So let's do our Dundee. Because when uh, when Dwight says, I have mine above my bed or on a mantle or something like that, in the Dundee's episode, Michael says, oh, TMI. 
That's good. So they were they basically paid that off finally. <laughs> That's good. Um, should we do Dundies and ratings? Let's do it. The Dundee I'm going to give is going to be to Moe's. <gasps> just for who? Moe's. You know. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I was like, Moe's. <laughs> Moe's. Moses? <laughs> yeah. Andy's relative, Moses. <laughs> no, it's going to be yeah. Moe's. And it's the hospitable Dundee. Moe's bags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just runs over. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to give it to? Hmm. On this one, I'm kind of between um, Jim and Pam, but I don't know. They're always smiling. They're together. I was going to give it to Pam because she's so good at doing the organization stuff, but I think I'm going to give it to Ryan. I think he actually does some pretty good managing on this one. Some good decisiveness. Really? And, uh, wow. Yeah, because, you know, like, Ryan sucks, so it's hard for him to be good at all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's good. He's like, I think he's pretty good at commanding some respect. And, you like, you do have to remember, this is, like, the person that was just basically harassing him when he worked there before. That's true. And, and it is hard to to go from being the entry-level person to the boss I, with the same people. Yeah. And he does bring the energy. And he's trying to improve their lives by bringing PowerPoint. I just think he goes yeah, about it in the god. wrong way. Uh, yeah, PowerPoint. My god, where would we be without PowerPoint? I know. I don't know either. I use Google Slides or Sheets or something. Whatever the one is, <laughs> the yellow one. The yellow. I use the Not yellow sure. one. Google Presentations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Ryan, I don't think he's a, has he got one before. Who knows? But he's got one now, and it's for um, a little old man boy. <laughs> Whenever that little dude walks through the door. Little dude. Little dude. Yeah. That's the thing is, so he broke up with Kelly. You can debate whether or not that was a mean thing to do because he obviously didn't care about her. But he's in a real tough position with Kelly and Daryl now and with Michael now. He really, after getting promoted, he hasn't really had any control over any of this. And it seems rough. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. It does. I mean... She's doing that right in front of his face. Mm-hmm. Right in his meeting. <laughs> he does take control of oh. it. I think he's kind of an idiot, but whatever. Yeah, he is. But not as big as Michael, who jumps on a moving train that's stopping. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just wait till it stops, man. <laughs> Hop on a moving train if it's picking up speed, not slowing down. Oh, no. <laughs> and what's our rating? Um, well, should we go over our scale, our seven-point scale, patented and enshrined on tablets that were brought down by Moe's? No, it's it's patents pending. Permits pending. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, seven out of seven is... Um, absolutely, absolutely, I do. do. Six out of seven is... Pretzel day. <laughs> Five out of seven is... Beach day. Four out of seven... Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. Three out of seven. A little stitious. Two out of seven. Garbage the cat. The cat that came to find you. <laughs> the cat. You were meant to be together. And one out of seven is this just. This just stinks. Stink. Yeah. What do you think? Well, we're going to have to count down, but there's going to be a lag, so we'll have to be good about this. Okay. Mm. Um. Okay. I'm going to. Okay. 
Okay, I got it. I got it too. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Beach, Beach day. day. Woo! Yes. Long distance high five. That's good. We need to be doing that right now more than ever because because yeah, we... you're in Colorado and I'm in Oregon. Oh yeah, long distance bumping elbows for safety. <laughs> bumping elbows for safety. Yeah. Safety first. Cool. Yeah. I mean, not the best episode, but I really, I really like it. Me too. And I'm. And I think we talked about all the reasons. So. I'm so glad that I know about the Peter principle. I can't wait to tell Peter. Let's talk about our things we can go to. Okay. Um, things you can go to is Instagram. You can go to the Off I Podcast on Instagram, and you might get to see what we look like. You know, it's like when you see your NPR radio talk show hosts for the first time, and you're like, "Wow, I had no idea they look like that." That's us. Wow. That's exactly right. And you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. And you can go to the... Is that it? Okay. Facebook? Can, oh, Finder Things Club? You can rate us. Oh, yeah. Rate us on iTunes and we'll read your review. Just to prove it, we'll read one of them now. And eventually we will have read all of them because we're not going to not read any of them, no matter how bad they are. And I'll prove it. Do the bad one. This review comes from SD West Coast. Title, Really Rough Listen. Content, <laughs> One Star, Period generous rating <laughs> one star i didn't really you don't know think... one star is literally the minimum you can give so it wasn't that generous i mean yeah that's what i was gonna say is i don't think it was that generous you know um, you know what i feel like this guy might be full of shit. <laughs> who is maybe this he wrote this guy? on opposite day show yourself maybe wrote it. i give this review one star or a dundee for speaking your mind i'm going to <laughs> give it this just stinks mm-hmm yeah. So to whoever wrote that review, f*** you. And then <laughs> let's read another review too. All right. Let's read this review from Shirt Noodle. It's called Still Our Favorite Office Podcast. My wife, Sarah, and I love listening to this podcast. Addie and Nathan are hilarious. And the show has a relaxed sort of vibe. Like when you're just sitting around with friends and joking around. Please listen to this show and give them the support they deserve. That one is really nice. I think you might have already read that one. Oh, no. Thanks, Shirt Noodle, in case I didn't read it. But in case I did, let's read this one. This one comes from Miller 55 It is called The Quirkiest and Best Office Podcast. I love Addie and Nathan's slightly drunken analysis of The Office. <laughs> I don't usually like tangents on podcasts, but you always hold my attention and I enjoy the journey. Even when you make jabs at each other, you are kind and say, yes, and. It's clear <laughs> you like each other and that is part of its charm. Wow, we really Your voices them. are very <laughs> generous. Your voices are very soothing, and I often listen before sleep. Sometimes right before I fall asleep, I envision I'm at a table with y'all, and we'll start to ask questions and respond. <laughs> Maybe we can make this happen someday. From Aww. Nat Miller. Aww. Nat. That's nice. What a nice review. That is really nice. I just picked And we got one other review from Canada. From Canada. Right. Yeah. So this review came from iTunes Canada. So if you're in a country that's not America, still leave us the review and we will get it on our email, even though it won't show up on iTunes America. Addie, take it away. The title is Spectacular and it's five stars. Overall, this is the best Office podcast out there. Although admittedly, the new Office ladies have specific insight from being cast members. They are not nearly as fun and entertaining as Nathan and Addie. By the way, I love the movie What About Bob? Hell yeah. Utilizing clear aspects such as your themed named 
segments and injecting your personalities makes this a podcast I listen to over and over, just like the Office episodes. Don't change a thing. Continue to have fun. And as listeners, we will have fun alongside you. Very well done. And thank you for the time and effort you put into giving us something to enjoy. It's not about the amount of listeners you have. It's the quality. Let me alter Michael's final episode quote in his reference letter to Dwight. To Dwight. As the Office podcasters, as fans, and as friends, you are of the highest kind, quality, and order. Supreme. What? That was so nice. It was heart heartwarming. I know. I kind of want to print this out and frame it. And their name on Apple Podcasts is Good Morning, Gil. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah. good. Yeah, that was a really nice review. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, that's left us reviews over the time. Um, we love getting those. And it makes it, I don't want to be cheesy, but it makes it more rewarding to do the podcast. Yeah, it makes it worth it. Yeah. Okay, well, Addie, thank you for talking to me about Season 4, Episode 4, Money, Part 2. You too, Nathan. I hope you have a great night. And I hope you have a great night. And to your listeners, I hope you have great whatever time of day it is right now. Good night. (laughs) Good night, Gail. You know what the worst part is, is that you're a speech therapist. I am a speech therapist. <laughs> I can't. Oh, no. <laughs> As a speech therapist, that was really fun. <laughs> I would say whomever is, is making these puns needs to stop. Fair enough.